Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we dive right into how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. My name is Nia Escobar-Kolo, and I am your host for today. Our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. Have you ever wondered if the physician you're meeting is the most qualified, has the experience required to treat your conditions, or has the patient feedback which will give you peace of mind? Today, we're talking to Grace Park, co-founder and CEO of DocDoc, who inspired by her own personal story, created the first patient intelligent platform, empowering patients to make their best healthcare decisions with transparency and fairness. The platform uses their proprietary data to collect over 500 data points on physicians and to connect patients with the most relevant doctors based on their conditions and needs. Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Can you introduce yourself? Sure, happy to. I'm the co-founder and president of DocDoc. Uh, prior to my startup, I actually uh, was in healthcare for about 10 years in corporate. Started out in pharmaceuticals uh, with Bristol Myers Squibb in the US, Africa, and Asia, and then moved over to medical devices. I worked at Medtronic, moving up the corporate ladder, so to speak, and uh, with greater PL responsibility. My last role being managing director at Medtronic for 10 countries here in Asia. But I started out my career in the US Army after graduating from the United States Military Academy at West Point, and after which I served for five years and completed my service as a captain. And then I landed in Singapore about 16 years ago on a Fulbright Fellowship after graduating from Harvard Business School and the Kennedy School of Government in their dual master's program. So how was this path exactly from being extant in the United States Army to a Harvard to founder? The transition from Army to healthcare was a pretty easy one for me, actually, because in the military and at West Point, we have such a profound mission. And uh, when I came into the private sector, I wanted to continue that, uh, to be able to wake up in the morning and do something meaningful career. And so my personal mission statement I created in my early 20s was to be a leader of character and make a significant and positive impact in my society. And so with a personal mission statement like mine, I, I knew that I couldn't do what I need to do if I didn't study uh, at the best institutions, uh, you know, from the top professors. And so I, I came from humble beginnings and didn't have a family who graduated uh, from these top institutions to help open doors. And so it was just a matter of sheer discipline and, and hard work to, to make it. And uh, the belief that anything is possible if you, if you never quit. And then just coming to, to uh, founding DocDoc, Doc, it actually, uh, the origins actually stems from a personal story, uh, which if, if I may share briefly, my daughter was actually born healthy, but at her third month checkup, the doctor had said, she's not healthy, her liver's failing, uh, needed to go directly to the hospital. And there they said, uh, we need to do a liver transplant. And you could imagine our world had turned upside down that very moment. And asking the head surgeon, 
how many times have you done a liver transplant? How much is this going to cost? And, and how are your other patients doing? You know, are they thriving? Just to have confidence as first-time parents, this was the right team. We're making a good decision. And when the response was, I'm the head of department, I'm good at my job. We knew then and there that we had to embark on a global search and actually found our right doctor, who happened to be one of the pioneers of live liver transplant. He had done thousands and thousands of these surgeries, whereas that initial team had only done a handful. He had um, actually found out cost-wise was 60% less. And we had days and not minutes to make our decision. And unfortunately, that's just the nature of healthcare where patients are in the dark when navigating through the healthcare system. And so, you know, Cole and I, he's uh, my husband and also the CEO of DocDoc. And uh, after he recovered in the ICU, after donating a piece of his liver to our daughter, it became clear to us what DocDoc needed to be. Um, because we looked around and the solution wasn't there. And so if not us, who's going to do it? And that is when we decided that we will make DocDoc uh, into a company in which we can empower patients uh, to make data-informed decisions throughout their healthcare journey. So what is the exact gap that you're filling? Is it finding the right physician? Is it finding the right treatment? Or is it a combination of, of different factors? Yes. Um, so all of the above, actually. So let me just explain what we've built. What exactly is DocDoc? Um, it's an AI platform we call Hope. It's the heuristic for outcome, price, and experience. And so these are metrics of quality. And so essentially, uh, this is where we're able to then collect hundreds of data points on a per doctor basis. And with that, then the algorithms are able to generate a private customized report uh, to each individual patient um, with a procedure and condition of need. And so through that private report, they're given three doctors who are a most suitable match on a procedure and condition level of detail and the patient chooses. So. So that is the proprietary engine. It really took about nearly four years to build out with 23 doctors, crosswalking the conditions, procedures to specialties based on international code sets. So how did you become Asia's largest doctor discovery company? There is a lack of transparency in healthcare. This is a, this is a global problem, you know, in developing markets as well as developed. And most of the time, people make up what must be metrics of quality when none exists. For example, like what is the doctor's title? Because if it's senior, that doctor must be good. Or if the doctor has gray hair, or does the hospital lobby look clean and have mar marbled floors, right? So that's maybe their proxy of um, cleanliness. So what we have done as a team is to collect data points doctor to doctor. I mean, just literally knocking door to door um, to, to, to um, set up the data points into our system. And we have a selection criteria in the doctors, and we started out at medical centers of excellence. But what's most interesting is that most insurers uh, do not have a relationship with their provider network or really don't know much about them in a procedure and condition level of detail. So because it's typically outsourced and 
comes, uh, you know, with the third party administrator, the TPA. And on average, the size of this network is about 200 to 300 doctors, whereas DocDoc is three to four times the size of this per country. Uh, so, you know, just having more of the depth as well as the breadth for patients to actually choose from. And so I think other key things in terms of what we typically see out here in Asia is that, um, you know, patients or insurers, you know, they 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 have uh, no way of actually discerning where to go or how to go about it because most insurer networks here in Asia are non-binding. So there is typically like what we see out west, uh, especially in the U.S., is that there is an in-network or out-network. Here in Asia, we it makes it uh, patients are uh, policyholders are free to actually uh, go to any doctor more or less. Uh, they're not as binding. And so it makes it much harder for patients to know and decide where to go. Um, and also, we also see here in Asia, there's a larger variance of care of high quality, low quality in developing countries. So these are just some of the aspects of, of Asia. Um, but yeah, this is what we have done over the years uh, in terms of being in eight countries throughout Asia and deepest in terms of data collection and number of specialties covers, especially in Singapore, Malaysia, and Hong Kong. Uh, are there any specific conditions or rare diseases that people can immediately think of DocDoc to come and, and find the right physicians? Um, actually, based on the procedures and conditions and specialties that we do have covered in our countries, we cover about 80 plus percent of the most common procedures and conditions that patients are searching for or in need of uh, based on value and volume. So in healthcare, there's always going to be a long tail. There's always going to be some of the rare diseases uh, in which it's going to actually have um, a few handful of doctors who subspecialize in that. And so because of this long tail and, you know, rare diseases in which there may not be an easy find or cure, that's going to take some, um, I think, investigation and research. But on the most part, we cover over 80, almost nearly 90 percent of the care looked needed based on uh, value and volume. Great. So. Going back to your business model, so it's a B2B2C model. So that means that my insurance company, if, if I'm a policyholder, my insurance company is basically offering me access to DocDoc. Doc. So how does it work from the patient experience and the, and the patient journey? On the patient side, uh, what we do is we're actually um, integrated as part of the insurance um, system. It uh, depends on what they have. Uh, typically, it might be an app or their web app the the web um, app or um, whatever whatever um, sort of interface that they may have with their policyholders and so typically what they would do is they would at this stage um, contact DocDoc and what we have is not just our technology we also have an in-house call center a concierge made up of doctors and so the first port of call or contact point is actually is actually speaking with one of our in-house doctors. And that's to do a, uh, a short call of better understanding what exactly the need is of the patient. And that typically takes about 10, 15 minutes or so. 
And then uh, within half an hour, the patient would receive a auto-generated private customized report. And so that's based off of that uh, sort of discussion that our in-house doctor has with the patient. And then at that stage, the patient actually then is free to be able to choose one of the three doctors that, and our doctors are there, uh, being able to be with that patient every step of the way, whether they may be able to uh, book that appointment, uh, be able to be there afterward after that appointment is done. So that's what we call the specialist discovery. Uh, but a patient may also just maybe in need of a telemedicine or uh, typically if not telemedicine, then if the diagnosis or the patient may be unclear of exactly what the symptoms may be, maybe quite general, it might just be actually a GP visit. So just booking that appointment. So I think that the key part is actually having the triage ability of a call center run by doctors to be able to help the patient, the policyholder, uh, determine which course of pathway. But in every step, whether that might be the specialist doctor discovery pathway or telemedicine or just an in-person GP visit, that there is that customer engagement and that trusted friend, really, uh, as part of that uh, patient's journey. So there's value in every step of the way. let's talk about the insurance perspective. So what is the bigger impact besides the engagement that you're mentioning? What do insurance companies experience in terms of maybe claims, in terms of providing better care to their policyholders? What we have seen or results is that they have chosen one of the doctors over 85% of the time. And secondly, uh, you know, on average, we save about uh, 25 to about 45% in terms of cost savings. This is significant because Given medical inflation is two to three times general inflation rates globally, uh, this is a way in which insurers can be out of the red uh, because oftentimes these health books are, are, are not in the black, so to speak. And so uh, that is actually significant in terms of aligning interests as well. Um, and this is based on what we do as part of uh, the, the data collection is being able to identify the top quartile doctors as a suitable match for the patient and those doctors who are actually below average in terms of price, right? Because the key point here is that in healthcare, there is no correlation between quality and price, right? I mean, just from my own personal experience with our daughter's liver surgeon, he was one of the top global doctors and had done massive volume and travel throughout the world in, in teaching and doing these surgeries and doing redo operations, yet he was 60% less in cost. So, so it's no wonder that we have just massive general inflation, general medical inflation that's just unsustainable year on year. And the third point I would say that in terms of delighting the patient, uh, you know, our scores are actually in the 70s and 80s. And this means that patients are engaged 
and they would use DocDog again, recommend to their friends and families. And what's important on the insurer's perspective is that you have engaged policyholders who you can actually upsell or cross-sell to life or any other books, and they would be renewing their policies. And so this is, I think, some of the challenges that insurers have is that when insurance have become more or less commoditized and there's a lot more competition, ways in which we can delight the patients, have more engagement throughout their journey is going to be uh, quite important. Grace, definitely, it's really interesting to, to hear how you, you talk about healthcare as a, as a commodity, um, because I would say this year, because of the pandemic, a lot of people have turned their attention into their health. Um, the lockdown, for example, has increased awareness in terms of the importance between physical and mental care and, and the correlation between the two of them. During the COVID period, it really has been a great awakening uh, to focus in on healthcare, as you mentioned. And it's, it's, it is a breath of fresh air to see a lot of change happening here of which uh, people have recognized that there can be a lot more benefit if we had more technology uh, to be a lot more effective and efficient um, in this sector in which uh, it, it was actually very slow and sleepy. Uh, and for us, it, it is about to be able to um, provide the doctor analytics, to be able to empower patients with data. So then as a consumer, the, the patient is so much more equipped to be able to make better decisions. Grace, you mentioned before that you've been in the industry for the last seven, eight years. What have been, what are your biggest learnings and what would you like to see the industry do differently as well? I came from med tech and uh, pharmaceutical and there's a lot of technology and a lot of innovation happening there. The area that we didn't see a whole lot of innovation was the customer engagement. And so that's why I think where COVID had really put that spotlight. And this is really the moment. This is, I mean, I, I can imagine a lot of the champions in many of these corporate incorporations have been kind of beating the drum all along. And then finally, they have a lot more credibility or leeway to say, oh, okay, finally getting consensus or support from all of the naysayers or other other colleagues within their organization to, to give something a try. And so this is really the, the moment where I think we will see a huge change. And what I have observed all along is that it's been slow to adopt in this area, but I think, I mean, just take for instance with DocDoc, typically a sales cycle with insurers would take 18 months to two years. And during COVID, we've seen that come down significantly to two to three months. So, uh, you know, the time is accelerated and we see that virtualization. There, There is a lot more buy-in and support to, to those internal corporate champions and coming on the other side as a startup, as an insure tech, uh, to see a lot of this adoption and, uh, you know, going into this next phase, this next wave of tech where we'll see a lot of uh, transformative change in our sector. Grace, I think that's a great way to finish our interview. Are there any open remarks that you would like to add? I think this is an exciting time period. I, I think carpe diem to, <laughs> to the people who 
you know, had issues or pain points, uh, I think that the world has opened up to to healthcare, and I think it's a time to to see that disruptive and positive change. And I look forward to. I have a positive expectation of good in which there will be greater transparency and truly where patients are empowered. This is our mission with DocDoc. It's not been an easy journey, but uh, I believe that this is our, our golden moment now to, to make that huge difference, that significant positive change as aligned with my personal mission statement. Thank you to our guests for joining us today. You can subscribe to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our conversations to be the first one to listen to our new episodes. Have a speaker in mind or want to share your insights with us? Send us a message to lhventures at score.com. Have a good time and see you on the next episode.